Okay, great. Thanks for having us. I'm Hadley Arnold, and I serve as one of two directors of the Arid Lands Institute at Woodbury University. We are an education, outreach, and research center devoted to the design of adaptation in dry lands. And I'm uh, Peter Arnold. I'm the research director at the Arid Lands Institute. Our primary uh, focus has been looking at uh, using technology to help designers uh, both visualize and understand uh, complex hydrologic systems, especially in dry lands. Um, and our work uh, to date is, um, is, has been supported by the American Institute of Architects, the uh, College of Fellows in the, for the Latrobe Prize. The drought has come in handy in a lot of ways. We've been doing this work actually for quite a long time and we, we don't tend to tie it to drought cycles. We have tied uh, this work for a long time to uh, the claim that a changing climate requires us to be paying really close attention to water supply. Uh, so we have repeated, and our students can tell you this, like a mantra for many years, wet will be wetter and dry will be drier. So we're obsessed with the idea of hydrologic variability and what that looks like in the American West, uh, both in urban and in rural conditions. Um, and longer drought periods are just one of the pieces of a changing hydrologic sphere uh, and how it will impact the American West. So drought's been handy because it's brought an enormous amount of attention uh, to that particular dimension of uh, a changing climate and our need to adapt to it. I would just also just like to add that, um, again, you know, the drought is on everybody's radar uh, here in Los Angeles and at least in California, the drought is, I would say it's been beneficial to lowering consumption rates of uh, surface water supplies, which is really important. It's helped to uh, instill a program of groundwater monitoring, which actually has not happened to date in California. So we actually understand how much we withdraw um, and how much we're consuming. Um, uh, so that, that's important. And the, the last thing I just want to say is that uh, drought is really one half of the climate equation. Um, uh, we are expecting, uh, climate models do indicate that uh, precipitation is likely to occur less frequently, but when it does come, it is likely to come more intensely um, and with higher volume. Um, so. There's a flip side to this. So drought is important, but also uh, preparing for flood uh, is, is equally important. And it's the kind of unseen side that I think is, is, um, is, 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 really, uh, is, is really crucial. Uh, there's no such thing as the drought being over. There are only going to be cycles, and our cycles, um, most models tell us, are only going to continue to be extreme. Wet will be wetter and dry will be drier. So we may get some relief uh, in the form of intensive rain events this winter. For example, most models say right now uh, that it's virtually certain that we're going to have not only an El Nino event, uh, but one of the largest, if not the largest in recorded history. Um, that's not that helpful, actually, believe it or not. Uh, uh, that, that, that won't, quote, end the drought. We're not uh, a built environment that knows how to handle stormwater, doesn't know how to uh, capitalize on it, doesn't know how to bank it. Uh, we're not a society that understands um, really how to design with rain. So uh, as soon as all that wonderful rainwater uh, lands and uh, gets flushed out to sea and hopefully does as little damage as possible from a flood control standpoint, 
uh, to human life and, and property. Uh, hopefully we'll get right back into, okay, how do we do better? How do we design to capture that water? We've been capturing snow for 100 years. Uh, the hydrologic sphere is changing. How do we handle rain? That's a really big question and it's not gonna go away after one good rainy season. I think the architectural community um would bent be would uh, benefits benefit itself by thinking uh, in, uh, insist, uh, thinking systematically about how water systems work, um, uh, thinking understanding the the networked um, uh, relationship between not only a site but its watershed. Uh, the watershed that supports it and the watershed that is below a certain site. So you're thinking more holistically about how um, sites work. So that, that, that's important. The other thing I think that um, architects uh, would uh, or should capitalize on um, is the making systems more visible, not taking uh, them, making them, uh, uh, taking them for granted. Um, and in addition to that, um, if you make systems more visible, uh, how do you use less energy in using those systems? Uh, how do you work with gravity? Um, how do you work in section? Um, I think are uh, really important, easily um, uh, kind of understood concepts within uh, an, ar an architect's training that. Um, in our, in our view, are still missing from many of the engineered solutions um, and engineering um, uh, paradigms uh, of the last century. Um, so I, I think that's important. Um, Water solutions are definitely gonna take architectural thinking at the scale of building systems, at the scale of networked neighborhood systems, at the scale of urban design. Um, we have really relegated so much water thinking to policy, to economics, to engineering, uh, to a certain extent to landscape architecture. Uh, but I think there's an enormous realm of possibility to reclaim for architecture in making uh, beautiful, compelling, workable spaces as architects always have. Uh, by uh, re-foregrounding water systems at the um, uh, forefront of architectural and urban space. And I think it's um, really exciting to see architecture uh, re-engaging water and uh, logic, water logics and water systems as part of their design vocabulary in dry lands.